0: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you for our time of worship. We thank you for the word. We thank you, Lord God, for this Christmas season, a time where we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And now, Lord God, in these remaining few minutes, as we just take some time to open up the word, God, I pray that everyone that goes out today would be encouraged and that joy would fill their heart. In your name I pray, amen. Praise God. I'm just going to take a few minutes just to share with you something that's been on my heart. Um, Would you open up your word with me to Matthew chapter one? If you have a Bible, I hope you do. I want to encourage you, get a Bible. Those of you that are visiting, download the Bible on your phone. There's a ton of apps that you can get And it's just so great to be able to have God's word just uh, right there for us, right there on our our phones. Amen. But if you don't, just listen to me, because this probably might be a familiar story in scripture for you, as I just take just a few minutes to to read a few things. Uh, My my message is titled Living the Dream, and um, I just want to talk to you uh, from the perspective and the narrative of Joseph, um, Mary's husband, and a little bit of his journey. And it's a different perspective uh, that we might have been taught. You know, oftentimes uh, we think the American dream. But tonight I want to talk to you about God's dream. I want to talk to you about God's plan. Amen. So can you take these few minutes with me and go to the word? Can I get another amen? amen? Praise God. Amen. Listen, in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Look to somebody real quick and tell them God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he, Joseph, called his name Jesus. Now skip over to chapter 2. Go down to verse 13. This is after the wise men showed up and the shepherds showed up in the little stable in Bethlehem and they saw Jesus in the manger. Now read with me verse 13 of chapter 2. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. This is dream number two. And the the angel of the Lord said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Skip down to verse 19. You still with me? Say amen. Amen. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph. What number is this? Number three. And he appeared to Joseph in Egypt saying in verse 20, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream number, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went And lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoken by the prophets once again might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. My goodness, Joseph was living the dream. You see, the dream that I'm talking about is a life surrendered to the will of God. That is living the dream. Living the dream. Is a life in faith, trusting that when God says to do something, you and I will do it. Living the dream is our life surrendered to Jesus Christ, knowing that he's our savior. And anything that he's got to say, we're going to hold to it. We're going to trust him and we're going to believe that he's going to lead us and keep us. That is living the dream. Joseph knows a little something about living the dream. Now, you have to understand that Joseph was a carpenter. I'd like to safely assume that this was a man who appreciated numbers, details. I'm pretty sure that Joseph was a man of detail. And I'm pretty sure that that detail spilled over into his lifestyle as a married man, anticipating that he was going to have a family. But all that detail and planning, all of that that he had probably set up in place, excited to marry, his bride Mary... This beautiful young girl, probably a lot younger than he was. And during the betrothal season, which means really the engagement season, but in that time, they were officially married during the betrothal. And that could have been anywhere from four to six months, maybe even a year. But suddenly during the betrothal period, all of a sudden Mary started to show. And it definitely won't Joseph's baby. I mean, could you imagine this? Joseph, excited to get married. He's betrothed to his bride, Mary. And all of a sudden, he would visit her and he would see her. And the stomach just started to poke out. And I don't know exactly. Scripture doesn't give us this clear picture of how he found out. Maybe through word of mouth. Maybe through a little gossip. Because, you know, church folk, we good for some gossip sometimes. Thank the Lord for his grace that shows up and it's provided for very flawed and broken people that say the wrong things at the wrong time. But I can imagine him finding out, I can imagine him seeing, like, whoa, what is happening right now? And I know some of you New Yorkers, you'd be mad. I I, I feel like the conversation would kind of be like, um, that ain't mine. So who's the daddy? I can imagine his eyebrows down and really frustrated. And I can imagine Mary just kind of looking at Joseph like, yeah, you're definitely not the father. God is? Like what? Are you kidding me? What do you mean God's the father? You yeah, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. It's, it's just really hard to explain but like the Holy Spirit just kind of showed up and just there goes Jesus I mean whoa that's a lot to take in for Joseph for a guy who just wanted to live maybe just an ordinary life as a carpenter and just raise a family but when you submit to Jesus Christ you don't live an ordinary life you live an extraordinary life When you surrender your life to Jesus, you can expect and anticipate something supernatural to happen. That's a life surrendered to God. And let me tell you something. God chose the right person. The Bible says that Joseph was a just man, a righteous man. The Bible says that when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he chose to quietly divorce her because he did not want to put that mess out on display. And not out of pride, but in humility. Here's what I mean. Because in that time, he had every right to publicly divorce her so that he would receive an official divorce decree. But if he were to receive an official divorce decree, it would come out publicly that she got pregnant out of wedlock as though she had been sleeping with somebody else and she would have been stoned. But Joseph kept it quiet because he loved her and he was thinking about somebody else and not in his own pride himself. It represents his character. It represents the righteousness of God. He was a just man. He understood the Old Testament scripture. He believed in God. His life was submitted to God. And so he was willing to do it privately, which means he probably most likely would not have been able to remarry because it was not an official divorce decree that was made public in the court, which means he would have given up completely his desire to ever be married. You see, he was the perfect candidate for God because he had surrendered his life whatever God wants. And so the angel of the Lord shows up and he has this first dream and the angel of the Lord says, hey, easy, Joseph, as you're considering all of these things, don't stress yourself out. Marry her because the child that she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. You see, living the dream is a life surrendered to the working power of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you ever want to birth something good, it has to be in the Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to you and I. Every person here who believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you've been given a wonderful gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells us, and when the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells you, you can expect something special and supernatural. And you have to trust God and you have to believe. And so that was the first dream. Okay. All right. And I love Joseph because he didn't question God. He didn't push back. He didn't retaliate. He didn't go back and consider and ponder. He just said yes to God. And I want to challenge somebody out here. Is there anyone willing to say yes to God, just to trust him, just to give your life completely to him, fully surrendered? Give up your own plan and take hold of God's plan. And I'm not talking about the Drake version. Some of y'all don't know about that. But I know there's a younger generation that completely understands what I just said. But let me just say this in plain terms. There are some times in our lives where we have mapped out a plan, but that plan has nothing to do with God leading you. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there is a plan that goes beyond what you can come up with and think through in the natural. It's a supernatural plan. It's birth in the spirit. And that is living the dream when you become a dependent on God's leading. And then he has a second dream. He's in Bethlehem. He's probably found a place at this point. He was only in the stable for just a little bit. And even that is just amazing to just kind of think about and process that Jesus was born in a stable, born in a manger, born in a dark, filthy place, sheep, shepherds all around, no room in the inn. You know, everything about the life of Jesus in his infancy was not, it wasn't peaceful and quiet. He was constantly on the go, even as a little baby. And not only that, he was born with enemies. And Herod was out for him. And so the second dream comes and says, hey, guess what, Joseph? Pack all your things. I need you to go to Egypt. Egypt, a place that represents bondage, a place that represents pain, a place that represents slavery, a, a place... That represents feeling lost and broken and hurting. Yeah, Joseph, take your family there. And in the dream, it's the angel of the Lord says, and then wait, don't move. And that's really tough when God wants to put us in a position where maybe you're not comfortable, but you got to trust God to lead you and you only move when he tells you. Living the dream is waiting on God. Living the dream is trusting that what the Lord has to say is the truth. Living the dream is trusting that no matter what situation you're in, God is going to be God and he's going to save you. Egypt. Yes, because out of Egypt, there's a savior. Because even in the darkest of places, the light shows up. And it's the light of Christ Jesus that's represented a fulfillment of scripture, a fulfillment of God's word. It's a powerful moment for me. Living the dream is not landing the perfect job or simply landing the perfect home or having a whole bunch of money in your bank account. Living the dream is trusting Jesus to provide each and every day and knowing that I'm content and at peace because I have a savior that's going to keep me and hold me. That is salvation. That's living the dream. And so he had to wait in Egypt. (laughs) There they were in a foreign land. There they were like refugees. There they were, not really able to completely unpack. And Joseph again did not push back or question God. He just waited. The second dream, when the angel showed up in the middle of the night, he, he, he took Mary, he took Jesus. They packed their things and they took off right that night. Don't hesitate tonight to completely surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Don't hesitate to completely surrender to God's word. Everything is here for you. The leading of God. The blessing of God. The strength you find in God. The power of God. And then there's a third dream. After being in Egypt for a while. Okay, Joseph, pack your things again. Wake up, Mary. Get Jesus, go back to the land of Israel. So he heads back to the land of Israel, the Bible says. Always obedient to God's word. Always trusting God. He gets to Israel and he finds out that Herod's son is now in control. And then fear creeps up. And when fear creeps up, he reaches out once again to God. saying, Amen, Lord, I don't know. And then he has a fourth dream. A fortune dream that says, be at peace. Take your family to Nazareth. Now, let me close with this. Nazareth was a small little city down at the bottom of Galilee. Nazareth was considered a place less than. Nazareth was considered uh, a place where people don't get very far in life. Nazareth was considered a place where people didn't have a good education. Nazareth was considered a place where it was just dark. Nazareth was considered a place where people weren't going to achieve much. Nazareth was considered a place where most people weren't successful. Nazareth was considered an, uh, a, a, an, an urban mess. Nazareth was considered a concrete jungle, kind of like a New York City but a whole lot smaller, more like probably a few blocks in Brooklyn or the Bronx or one of those worst, Castle Hill or the project somewhere. Don't get offended with me, But, but Nazareth didn't look good and it was known to be a jacked up place. So much so that when Jesus started his ministry later on, and in the book of John, chapter one, as, as the disciples were being called on, there was a one young man named Nathaniel. And when his friend said, Hey, we should go follow Jesus, this young man responded and said, What good can come out of Nazareth? You see, the truth of it is, Jesus grew up in the hood. He did. He didn't live no suburban life, no nice house. He grew up in a place that represents the people he wants to save. He grew up within a community of people who he loves the outcasts, the marginalized, the ones who are unqualified. And those are the ones he loves. And that's why he came. You see, living the dream is a life surrendered to a savior who loves and cares for you and has called you. He has called the unqualified. He is calling the hopeless. I love this story about Joseph. I mean, just his whole life moving his family back and forth, his his whole life. Yeah, to some extent, we know him as, as a carpenter. But furthermore, we know him as a man who was committed to God and his whole life was surrendered to live for the glory of Jesus Christ. I want to live my life like that. I want to trust God the way Joseph trusts God. I want to live the dream the way Joseph lived the dream. It's amazing. If, if, if you look through scripture, the last time we hear about Joseph was when they lost Jesus. Jesus was roughly about 12 years old when they had traveled to the temple to, to worship and, and to be in, in, in God's house. And then when they got back on the road to go home, they had lost Jesus. And, and don't act like for parents, like you ain't never done that before, okay? I've had a few scares myself. But it was really bad with Joseph and Mary because it was three days had gone by before they realized that their baby was gone. And they had to backtrack. And this is the last time we hear about Joseph. It's amazing. The last time we hear about Joseph is when they they go back to the temple and there's Jesus talking theology, reading scripture with all types of anointing at 12 years old, asking the hard questions, answering his own questions, just showing off because he was 100% God but 100% 12-year-old little boy. And he's just sitting there and Mary and Joseph are like, Jesus, where were you? We've been looking all over for you. We've been looking for three days. What are you doing? Behave yourself. And Jesus' response, for those of you that may not know scripture, but Jesus, and not in a prideful, boastful way, but he just simply said, uh, Joseph, Dad, Mom, Mary, right now, I'm about my heavenly Father's business. And the moment he mentions his heavenly father's business, suddenly Joseph is out of the picture through the New Testament. Why? Because it's not about you and I and the legacy that we want to create. It's all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing, this incredible story of Joseph and the relationship of Jesus. I've been actually studying this because as I've been just spending time with my children, you know, my son's a senior in high school and and my my oldest daughter's a freshman. My youngest is in fourth grade. And I'm realizing as time goes by that suddenly there's like a stir in my heart to spend time with them. Like, you know, I had daddy daughter date last night with my oldest girl and took her out for like some great chicken wings and a burger and some sweet potato fries. And, And then, you know, she was like, daddy, take me to Rockefeller Center. I want to see the tree. And I was like, look, it is 50 degrees on a Saturday night. Everybody and their mama is out there, okay? But... but well, because I want to spend time with her, we, we just pressed through the crowd. We just hung out, and, and I'm spending a lot of time on, you know, my son's getting ready to play some basketball, and I'm his coach starting in January, and, and, uh, and it's his last year on this basketball team, and, and don't ask me how we squeeze the time in, but my kids are important, and, and I spend this time with them, and there's a sense of urgency for me to, to just to spend time with them and to love on them, but as I've been reading this scripture and the, the narrative about Joseph, I've realized that if I'm going to give them a legacy, it's got to be a legacy in Christ Jesus. It can't be just, uh, just me just giving them words and time and affection because I want them just to know their dad. No, what I want them to know is Jesus Christ. And that is the legacy that each and every one of us deserve. A life lived for the glory of God. That's living the dream completely surrendered. And so I was like, whoa, look at that. But if you, if you actually look at the timetable, right? If you look at just the life of Jesus, he, he didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old. And, and, and most scholars believe as well as myself that it was roughly from the age of anywhere between 12 to 15 that, that that's when Joseph died. Meaning that from there on anywhere between 15 to 18 years Jesus lived his life as a carpenter, taking care of his family and taking care of his mama. We know that this character was produced in him first from his heavenly father, but also some practical earthly things were developed through Joseph, who taught his boy how to be a carpenter. Man, it's so interesting that he would teach his boy how to cut the wood and smooth it out clean lines, do the math, strike the nail at the right place. And all the while, here he lives his life, 15 to 18 years of carpentry, and yet he knows that his life is surrendered to his heavenly father because he said it at 12 years old. Although a carpenter, knowing how to strike the nail with the hammer, at 12 years old, he had said to his his father Joseph, a man of character, just as you have surrendered your life for the glory of Jesus, of God, my life too is surrendered so that these people here in 2018 in December at Times Square Church at six o'clock can know that this is all for the glory of God. And so, yes, I know how to strike the nail, but my ultimate goal, my mission is that my hands might be hammered to an old rugged cross that was never smoothed out. An old rugged piece of wood that I carried up to Calvary. Calvary. My life has been lived out for the glory of God and the mission that I've been called to and that mission is that tonight people would surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. This is your prayer tonight. God, I want to live the dream and the dream is your will be done in my life. Listen to me. Your prayer is God... I've attempted to live the dream my own way. But tonight, I go your way. I surrender my plans. I surrender my ideas for 2019. And God, would you save me from myself, my own pride, my own ambition? And would you put your spirit in me and birth something in me? That's greater than anything I could even possibly think of or dream of. I want to live the right dream. I want your will. If I'm going to walk out these doors tonight, I want to know that God, you're with me and you're my savior. And my life belongs to you. And if that's your prayer, I want to pray with you. Let's live the dream together. Let's go with God. Let's go with his plan. Let's go with his purpose. Let's go with his will. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me on the cross. You took my place. You died for my sins. Forgive me Make me a new person. I choose tonight and for the rest of my life to trust you. My life is surrendered to you. I'm going to live the dream. The dream is your promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. In your name I pray, amen.